0: He's under my feet. Some of y'all saying, Pastor, I love you, but do not sing right now. That's awesome. I love that song. But you know what? There's power behind those words. Because I believe prophetically, and I don't want to preach this right now, but I believe in my spirit that some of you are about to receive a breakthrough. We're about to go somewhere right now, but I feel impressed upon the lord right now to say this that some of you before you got here you've been struggling the enemy has thrown you a curveball in life right now i believe that some of you have been under spiritual warfare and spiritual attack and as we began to sing these these words right now something shifted in your life and i believe that you're about to take back what the enemy stole from you i don't know what that is maybe it's some joy maybe it's some happiness Maybe it's a breakthrough in your finances. I don't know what it is, but I believe that there's a miracle on the other side of your praise today. Come on, if you believe that, put your hands together. I believe that today. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Before I introduce our very special guest speaker, I would like to also introduce another very special guest speaker. All the way from the country of Panama, my brother-in-law and my sister are here to worship Jesus with us at Calvary NSB. They're doing such a phenomenal job in that country. They've been there for seven years. A part of that seven years, I believe four, has it been four years that you pastored? Four years that they have pastored a church. That church has quadrupled. Souls are being saved. Lives are being transformed and even over the past few days as our families has had just a, 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 a family getaway, a time of vacation, they were saying, you know, we're looking for a place as well. We're looking for some ground to build on. And I believe, I believe that that prayer is about to be answered. As you know, we believe in missions here at Calvary in New Smyrna Beach, amen. This past year, My first year, our first year as the pastors of this church, we gave over $20,000 to missions. And we're going to continue every year. We're going to increase our missions pledges. And this is actually one of the couples that our church supports. Because I believe that we're going to support missionaries that accomplish the will of God overseas. Church, would you stand up on your feet one more time? Welcome the man, the woman of God, Nelson Amy Lugo. Would you come?
1: Thank you so much, Pastor Eric and Pastor Jackie. It's so good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Wow. Praise God. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And without a doubt, there is freedom flowing in this place. The Lord is blessing, doing amazing things. and it's such a privilege for Amy and I to be able to share just a few minutes of what God is doing in the country of Panama because um, we think it's so important and so vital the church is blessing because you're given and you believe in missions. amen we've been missionaries like Pastor Eric said for about seven years in the country of Panama currently we lead the International Church in Panama City not Panama City Florida but Panama City Panama amen The city is home uh, to close, or the country is home to about 4 million people. We have about 1.6 million in and around the city. We have about 30,000 expats living in the country of Panama. Those are people that are leaving their countries and they're coming to work in a world class city. The superintendent of the Assemblies of God had a desire and a burden to plant an English speaking church in the city because that is the common denominator. That is bringing people from other countries into panama city panama to work in a world-class city it is the english speaking language and he wanted an assembly of god pentecostal work right there in the heart of the city to reach those that were coming from other countries amen so the lord opened the door for us to come in We've been there now for four years. We have about 10 to 12 nations represented in our church. We're growing. The The spirit of the Lord is moving. And like Pastor Eric said, we, we need a building. We need a place because like you, we're sharing a building. Now, you're getting ready to transfer into another area, but we're still praying. We're meeting in a Korean congregation, and we're just meeting there on Sunday evenings. But But we don't have the opportunity to do two services. So, so would you pray for us that God would give us a building and a place that we can build Panama International Church there in the country of Panama. The Lord has been blessing. We do ministry on the streets to homeless. We reach out to drug addicts and homosexuals. We uh, reach out to those that live in the orphanage as well. My wife and the ladies group has a ministry that reaches out to the orphanage. And, and you know, we're just so thankful that God is allowing us to work Uh, in amazing ways there God just opened the door for us to go into a cancer hospital we hand out hygiene kits that's the point of conduct that's the the handkerchief that we use to get into the hospitals how many of you believe that God can heal cancer amen we believe it and we're going in and we're praying for the sick and you know what's happening these cancer patients are giving their hearts and lives to Jesus Christ as a result of it and we give all praise and glory to Jesus Christ We also have a ministry called Operation Resource, where we're going into different areas of the country and resourcing pastors. A lot of these pastors don't have access to Internet. They don't have the available means to buy a pastoral library that will help them in biblical study and preaching and training up leaders in their church. So we have a 10 to 11 book library that we're handing out to pastors in limited uh, resource areas that are poverty stricken we're building churches in indigenous areas we're building schools for Latin American childcare uh, schools so that we can go in and allow kids the opportunity to receive a biblical education one hot meal in a school in a Christian environment and we're doing all of that because of people like you that are given that are believing that are sending missionaries across the world we couldn't do it without you and we're so grateful and appreciative of allowing us to serve as your missionaries to the country of Panama. So listen, we want to get out of the way. Our father-in-law is here and he's got a word. He's got a word and we're going to let him preach that word. And, and we just want to leave you with this short video that, that kind of shows you an update of where your mission money is going in the country of Panama. So thank you so much, Pastor Eric, Pastor Jackie, Calvary for allowing us to be here this morning. We pray blessings over you. We're going to pray for you too. And we are praying for you as you transition into that building. You're gonna quadruple. God's gonna do amazing things in this church and through your lives, and things that you have never seen happen are gonna happen and be an experience as the Lord. I don't want works him to in all you to go anywhere
0: just yet. We're gonna pray over him. As soon as I say amen, we're gonna watch this video and we're gonna receive an offering on behalf of, of Nelson and Amy. I want you to know that all the proceeds today are gonna to go straight to their ministry. Say, Pastor, we're trying to build a church as well. I know that. But you know what? There are souls to be saved in the country of Panama. So would you stretch your hands forward right now? Heavenly Father, Lord, as their younger brother, it's a privilege and an honor to lift up my big sister and my brother-in-law to you and their family. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that as soon as they step foot off of that airplane back into now their home country, that, Lord, you're going to open up doors that are going to be on their own wildest imaginations. Lord, I pray that property would just be placed in their laps that God, businessmen are going to say, I want to partner with the man of God and I want to give you land so that people can come to know Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray revival in their country lord from indigenous indians let them come to know you god through nelson and amy lugo lord we pray blessings and favor upon paint church god the work is going to continue at panama international church there in panama city panama god bless them anoint them for such a time as this in jesus wonderful name we pray. And if you believe that greater things are going to take place in Nelson and Amy Lugo's lives today, say amen and amen. Get ready to give to Nelson and Amy. Watch this video today as well. getting the finger point from the media guys I think that we're having just some technical difficulties today but you know what we just actually saw a live video feed from the man and woman of God themselves up here on the platform and I think that they're better than any video out there anyway amen come on amen and how many would say once this service is over I don't know if you have any prayer cards but I would ask today that you just come up shake their hands And they would love to hear from you, that you're going to be praying for them. Uh, Both of my nieces, Ava and Isa, are back in kids' church in the nursery today. Pray for them as well. Amen? Because how many know missionaries are not just the moms and dads, but it's the kids themselves. And we're going to pray today for the entire family. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. It is my honor and my privilege today. To introduce a man of God he's not only my father he's my mentor he's my spiritual father and before I ask him to come and break open the bread of life today from the Word of God I'd ask also that my mother would stand up would you just honor my mom today behind every good man is a praying woman and I think I'm thankful even today that my mom prays for me. Pastor Barry and Charlene Danner have been the senior pastors of First Assembly of God in Phoenix City, Alabama now for nearly 26 years. Under their leadership, the church has grown from 200 to now nearly 1,000 people on any given Sunday morning. They've literally given I'm, I'm millions of dollars. To missions he himself will go on anywhere between six to eight missions trips a year he's a resident pastor missionary and he, I believe today that he has come from a word don't worry about the, the video guys let's go ahead and just go on with the service folks would you stand up on your feet one last time today give it up for the man of God my father Barry Danner
2: Praise God. Now, would you do, do one more thing? Would you honor Jesus? Because nobody is higher than Jesus Christ in the house. Amen? Yeah. Hallelujah. Thank you. You may be seated. Thank you. Amen. i tell you, if um, I wasn't pastor and I'd join this church if I was physically able you know, you're a Pentecostal church when you clap and you stand up and you clap and you stand up. I pity those churches that don't, you know, I don't even have to do exercises during the week. I get all mine at Pentecostal church. Come on, amen. It is an honor to be back with you again. I, I was trying to think who was driving down here. We were here, what, six months ago, eight months ago? Time flies. It's, I was trying to think when we were here. Um, you're the only church other than First Assembly that I go to regularly other than Panama. I go to the Panama Church pretty regularly, and uh, we are honored to do that. I, uh, when your pastor invited me to come back down, we tried to correlate this with uh, um, a family vacation. And then I don't know why he came up with throwback. You know, and he, this is what he said. Can I, can I share this with you and you hold this a secret? How many of you hold this as a secret? Raise your hand. Now, if not everybody's raising your hand, I can't tell you, because we don't want no gossipers in the house. That's, he said, "Pop, when I thought of throwback, I didn't think of anybody else but you. And then he shared with me the other day these. Now, these are great throwback Pentecostal fans. Now, we used to call them. Does anybody know what they used to call them? Funeral fans. But before funeral fans, there was a name for it in the Pentecostal church. It was called spit blockers. All right. And, and see, I come from that throwback. Do you remember that? I, you know, when the pastor would get to cranking up real good, and, you know, we used to know that the, the church was really on fire when the pastor would leave the pulpit, go down to the first row, the second row, and they would start doing this. And then when the pastor was really cranked, they'd be doing like that. Whoa, pastor's getting really cranked. So uh, well, we we don't, but we believe in immersion. We don't believe not on them. It is an honor to be with uh, your pastor, family, Eric and Jackie. You you, uh, please let us say that as they're still our family and we're very honored to share them with you. Uh, Charlene and I were driving here and we were looking at both of the kids. People don't often talk about uh, discipleship and commitment today. But do you know there's a cost to the cross? Do you know there's a cost to the cross? Anybody can talk, and talk's cheap. Walking is something else. And oftentimes, we, we have a wonderful church family in, in Alabama. Uh, they were a launching pad for these two, these four, and they've done tremendous. But sometimes, even though we have a couple of people there at Phoenix City First, it's still a little lonely when you don't have your family and uh, the Lord says, I got this. You gave them to me. And I say, praise the Lord, because even though the cost of the cross is great, the crown of rejoicing will be better. Can I hear a good amen? Amen. Look like you've grown since I've seen you, and that's awesome, especially on a, this is uh, mercy. We're in July, and, you know, we have a different—I tease my home church. Oftentimes, I'm going to preach this sermon three straight Sundays because I think it's a good sermon. And people say, Pastor, I know you think some of your sermons are better than others, but why do you want to preach this three straight Sundays? Because I told them I wanted everybody to hear it. Oh, come on, church. Amen. Since I've been with you, I want to report the Church of Jesus Christ is doing well. Our country needs prayer, the world needs prayer, but the Church of Jesus Christ is not about to rupture, the Church of Jesus Christ is about to rapture. We're not going under, we're going over. Can I hear a good amen? I've been with uh, you, and I see I've been in Panama. We preached at the conference since I've been with you. I think I've been to Cuba since I've been with you. We've been, we have been—we just came back with uh, uh, Nelson and Amy's church. They did, uh, I think, their second missions trip to Nicaragua this past, uh, what was it, uh, three or four weeks ago, and did a tremendous job. I can report to you that God's Spirit is moving all the way around the world, and I'm glad He makes a pit stop right here. Amen. Praise God. And music was tremendous. Can I? Can I? Can I ask you? Did y'all know all those old songs? Did all of you know all those old songs? Yeah, know them now. (laughs) Uh, Sad to say, I knew them all. That's right. And more, but that was tremendous. I know it's good every once in a while, ladies and gentlemen, regardless of your age, to merge all ages together. Now, this is from an older pastor's perspective. Music seems to be a generational thing. But let us remember, church, music is not about us. Worship is to Him. Worship is to Jesus Christ. Sometimes you may pat your foot. Sometimes you may go... But if you can't sing it, just rejoice in it, and you'll catch up with it because God loves a joyful noise. Amen. So you just worship the Lord. Enjoyed the music, and uh, I can't always say that. Uh, By the way, since I've been with you, I've been, uh, uh, let's see, I've had two revivals and two prophecy conferences since I've been with you, and I can tell you God is up to something good, and he let you and me in on it. Amen. Put up on the screen, I want to talk to you on uh, this subject because I, I really wanted to preach prophecy today, but your pastor, one of the few times that the son took authority over the elder, that he said, Pop, I wanted you to preach Pentecost and I am happy to do so because when I step to the pulpit, the pastor is in control and I, I cheerfully take my assignment with joy because I love to talk about the Holy Spirit he is my dearest friend he is in this service he talks to me about Jesus Christ every day he gives me the Word of God so that I can lay my head on the pillow of this book every day and sleep like a baby I'm glad to talk about the Holy Spirit and if you're maybe new you may not catch this phrase but some of us Throwback people that are about to throw down in a minute uh, Will recognize this statement We're going to read it in just a moment Is my this Joel the prophets that Turn with me if you will to the book that's above every book The book of Acts in the Bible The book of Acts chapter number 2 How many brought your Bibles to God's house? How many brought your Bibles to God's house? Come on, if you're going to go into a fight, don't take just a little knife. You better take the sword. Come on, tell the devil you mess with me, I'll cut you. Acts chapter number 2, I want to talk to you about just a few verses. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, verse 1, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly, everybody say suddenly, There came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And when, is that the fourth verse? And let me hit that fourth verse again. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Skip on down to verse 16. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel, Peter says. Now, get that statement. The day of Pentecost was fully come. 120 were in the upper room. Thousands were about to be birthed into the kingdom. They saw something spectacular. They saw something unusual that took place. And Peter automatically stopped the praise and worship. He stopped all of the service, the praying, everything, and started to proclaim the unsearchable riches of God's glory. And he said these words, tying the New Testament to the Old Testament, this is that which was prophesied by the prophet Joel, chapter two, verses 17 through 28. So he was telling that congregation This may be new to you, but it's not new to the Word of God. Let me suggest, I've been in Pentecost for a number of years. I was saved in 1968 at a David Wilkerson crusade. I was trying to add up on fingers and toes just how many years ago that was. I think we're getting close to being 50 years old in Jesus Christ. I could remember days when the Holy Ghost would fall. I could remember days when the Pentecostal service would be so electric that it'd be like a wave that would hit first pew, the second pew, the third pew. And it was like, hey, these football games that go up and stand up here like that, they didn't get that from uh, the NFL team. They got that from the church when the wave of the Holy Spirit would come. Come on, amen. But I want to draw your attention to this thought. Would the Pentecostals of yesterday recognize the Pentecostal church of today? And even further than that, would Joel's generation, would Peter's generation recognize the Pentecostal church of today? That's why I came up with this title. Is our this, Joel's that? Father in Jesus' name, I humbly ask for the Shekinah glory, to fill this sanctuary with your divine purpose. Let everything be done that would give glory to the resurrected Christ. There was ever a day we need a fresh outpouring of your spirit an old-fashioned, devil-chasing, sin-killing, God-given revival. It's today. Father, we enjoy the music. I enjoy the announcements. I enjoy the worship of giving but now, Lord, we turn our attention to that which can break the devil's head. Father, bless the word in Jesus' wonderful name. Everybody said amen and amen. How many believe that America is ripe for revival? How many would say amen that America needs revival? How many could say amen that you need revival? It's one thing to blame everybody else's problem and your problems on everybody else. It's one thing to see everybody else's problem, uh, but can I submit to you as a preacher of the gospel, it's not my mother that's standing in the need of prayer. It's not my father that's standing in the need of prayer. It's not even the White House that's standing in the need of prayer. God is very specific that revival must come to God's house before it can go to the White House. Can I hear an amen? We're living in a day of broken promises. We're living in a day of frustration uh, where 100,000 of America's children are in prison and growing. 40% of America's children live in broken homes. Uh, 6 Uh, 0.5% between the ages of 7 and 11 have already uh, received psychiatric help. The average age of a beginner smoking has dropped from 14 years to 10 years of age. One million unmarried girls between the ages of 12 and 17 will get pregnant this year. Uh, One in five children use drugs not once a week, but twice a week. 10 million minors are infected with sexual transmitted diseases. Uh, and yet nobody can see the problem. Ladies and gentlemen, this is not a problem that the government can handle. This is not a problem that Washington can handle. The only one that can solve some of these woes and others uh, is still the bloodstained banner of the cross that the Holy Spirit brings. Can I hear an amen? Amen. We're fortunate to have a number of programs like Calvary, both campuses have, that come to the church. We have Teen Challenge at First Assembly that Jackie and Jackie's family are wonderfully a part of. Uh, three of the four churches that Sister Dana and I have pastored, we've had Teen Challenge, both boys, but mainly young ladies and women. We also have in our first service a, a group called Teen University. Little boys, and or young men actually, that have no place to, get, to live, no place to hang their hat, no place because their parents have put them out on the street. Just this past week, uh, I hope they're there today at First Assembly, we had a whole Group in one of our overflows of disabled uh, young kids that came to the church. How many believe Jesus loves not only the brokenhearted, but He leaves, He loves the all of the children, both red, yellow, black, and white. They are precious in God's sight. Can I hear an amen? I received this just the other day. From uh, one of the ladies that were, it was in a, the Apex, a, a youth group that uh, your pastors uh, were over wonderfully for about four years. Here's what it says For the past couple of years, people in my school have been telling to kill myself. It has lowered my concentration. I've ended up Failing in class recently my mother told me I'm nothing and I'm worthless and it slipped out while we were having a fight but she still said it and I remember that and even worse than all that she called me fat now I'm bulimic and a self um, uh, I I cut myself up sometimes up to 30 times I could go on but just this story I could give you over and over and over of people that are hurting outside the doors of this church why does God want to bless you because in this church is the answer why does God want to multiply you because you still believe that the power rests not at the White House but in God's house. Why does God want to put you out on property? Why does God want to bless the International Church in Panama? Because we still believe in the power of Jesus Christ that can take the dead and he'll let them heal, be healed again. Ladies and gentlemen, it's not my way. It's not your way but it's still the power of the cross through the Holy Spirit. It's still not by might, not by power but by my Spirit. Here it, says the Lord. Hallelujah. We have a job to do and we cannot do it, I submit to you, without his help, the blessed third member of the Trinity. He is not the runt of the Trinity. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to talk to you about Pentecost and Pentecostalism. I, for 63 years of my I don't look 63, please say no. Good, I love y'all keep coming back, amen. I've been raised in the Assemblies of God Church. I cut my molars, literally, on Assembly of God pews. I, I remember when we didn't even have children's church. I remember pallets, anybody remember, how many go, you wanna go throw back, I'll throw back. Come on, I was raised when you didn't have, I mean, you didn't have children's church, you didn't have nursery, everybody came in here. And my mother and father, my dad would sit on the aisle. They'd give about three or four feet for me to wander in. My mother would sit over there, they'd bring army men. They'd bring cowboys and Indians. They would bring us the animal crackers. And man, I I couldn't sit still. I'd be on up and I'd be down. I'd be up and I'd be down. I remember my mother said, I brought you into the world. I'll take you out if you don't shut up. (laughs) Come on, how many know we've come a long way, baby? Can I tell you what is needed today is more people that can still have a legacy of going to church when we need to go to church? Amen. I want to talk to you about being a Pentecostal. What does it mean? Because it's throwback. We we have have been uh, taken to the woodshed oftentimes because. Many people have lowered the standards. Many people have put the Holy Spirit in the side room. And, ladies and gentlemen, because six foot icicles have lowered the standards of right and wrong, the Holy Spirit has just been put off to the side. It's no wonder that America is in the shape that it is. Ladies and gentlemen, we need to bring the Holy Spirit out of the closet and let it come into this room. We in the olden days were called holy rollers. Can I can I ask anybody that's been saved over thirty years? Would you raise your hand? How about it? Anybody been Pentecostal for over forty years? Would you raise your hand? Well, it got a little less. Fifty years. Well, we Charlene and I have been in the Pentecostal church that that long. Has Has anybody ever heard the term holy rollers? Anybody? Can I submit to you, I've been in this thing a long time. I've never seen anybody roll on the floor. <laughs> I've seen some that I want to roll out on the floor, but I, I've never seen anybody that rolled on the floor. We've been, you know, there, we've had different names and different cliches and different things happen. Look, anytime God does something, the flesh can get involved in it. Are you listening to me? What I want to major on is what is legit? What is really, does it mean to be Pentecostal? Is our this, Joel's that? So let's start off. What is a Pentecostal? A Pentecostal is a firm believer in the divinity and lordship of Jesus Christ. He is an ardent witness of the power of the Holy Spirit in his life. Pentecostals are often called full gospel people because they believe the word of God from Genesis to Revelation and it is still real for all of us today. Pentecost simply means and many people call it just the feast of a a Israeli term. The word Pentecost means 50 or 50th day but specifically refers to the annual Jewish feast of first fruits or harvest which took place 50 days after the Passover it was exactly on the day of Pentecost that I read to you in Acts chapter 2 why did I did I tell you this this way first of all there comes the cross First of all, there comes conversion. First of all, there comes being born again. And then God also offers a gift of the Holy Spirit after God saves a soul. You don't receive the Holy Spirit until you're blood bought. God cleans up the house, then the Holy Spirit can move into the house. I often hear people say, well, I got a prayer language or I got tongues and so I'll start coming to church and get saved. I'm glad that you think that way, but nobody speaks in the power of the Holy Spirit unless first Jesus Christ is Savior and Lord of their lives. Can I hear an amen? So what does this mean? Let's put all of the pieces together. Put up number one. I like homiletics. Let's talk about the promise of of the Father, what does it mean? Go ahead and put all these points up. Here's what I see that took place in Acts chapter two. First of all, when God told, or Jesus told the disciples, uh, two thousand years ago in Luke twenty four, to tarry in Jerusalem till they be endued or clothed upon with power. Ladies and gentlemen, 10 days in a Holy Ghost prayer meeting, they prayed probably a thousand hallelujahs, a thousand glory to God's. And on the 10th day is what I read to you in this text: that God on that tenth day or 50th day from Calvary, that God poured out his spirit on a hundred and twenty. People that was in that up, upper room. First of all, I want you to see it was unconventional. There was never a service like that. Ladies and gentlemen, people disturb me when it gets a little too quiet. At, at their home church, First Assembly in Phoenix City. First Assembly is on one side of the road and there's a massive graveyard on the other side. And I'll tell them, I'll say all the dead are on that side. I hope all the living are on this side. Can I hear an amen? It's not, it's not practical when God's people come and sit like bumps on a log. I know I'm, I am in the middle of football country. How many loves football? I'm not preaching against it, go ahead. You don't have to be convicted. How many, ha- How many has a team you follow? Raise your hand. Here's, I'm gonna say three and I want you to tell me your team. Ready, one, two, three. Yeah, I pull for all them too. Isn't it amazing though, you can go to a football stadium, you can yell like Apache, Comanche Indians and then set like a wooden Indian in church. Oh, come on church. When the power of the Holy Ghost comes, it becomes unconventional. We often hear today people say we don't want all that loud stuff. Well, you're not going to heaven because it's gonna get loud in heaven. Let me tell you something. It was unconventional. It was also unexplainable. If you've if you've come to a Pentecostal church, I may be the first one to tell you this, Pastor. If you've come for the first time, buckle your seatbelt. Come on. Because ladies and gentlemen, we can't explain everything. Can you explain how in Genesis chapter one that God brooded over the face of the earth and there was chaos, but when the Holy Spirit began to move, God brought order where there was chaos. I can't explain it. All I can tell you is this is how it works. God can bring a drug addict in this house. People may have given up on him, but when the Holy Spirit begins to brood, uh, I can't explain how night becomes day, how sorrow becomes singing, how, hallelujah, how hatred becomes love. I can't explain it. All I can say is, but God, it's not only unconventional, it's not only unexplainable, it's universal. You know why I like to say universal? Because God didn't just stay in Jerusalem. He poured his church service, he poured the power of the Holy Spirit to the four corners of the earth. He's not just in Oklahoma, my hometown uh, of Oklahoma City. But ladies and gentlemen, he can be in Panama, he can be in Florida, all at the same time. Uh, He is omnipresent. He can be at your house while he's over at my house. If you have a prodigal, that's not right with God, I'm here to tell you, he can be pouring out his spirit in this service, but the same Holy Spirit can be pulling on that prodigal's coattail wherever they're at. I say, God, send them in. Can I hear an amen? He's universal. Ladies and gentlemen, he's unstoppable. Come on, let me tell you something. God is unstoppable. Turn to your neighbor and say, my God is unstoppable. Well, I know a church where he's not moving. Well, they didn't stop him because he'll go find a church where he can move. Come on, amen. If, If you won't move with him, he'll move to your neighbor. You're not gonna stop the moving of the Holy Spirit. Here's what I say, God, don't stop. Just pour out another blessing on me. America may have stopped believing, but God has not stopped praying. God has not stopped pouring, and God, thank the Lord, has not stopped loving. Can I hear an amen? Yes. Let me give you one more. Can you put the last one on there? Unconventional, unexplainable. He is universal, he's unstoppable. And I like to talk about the last one. Is Did you put that? It's, it's the unservice. Unservice, unconventional, unexplainable. Universal, unstoppable, you didn't get it, so let me just talk about what the unservice is. You know what the unservice is? A Couple of years ago, they used to have a Coca-Cola or had a Pepsi or they had, I don't know which one it was, but they said, we're the un-Cola. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, when you come to this church, we're the unservice. We don't follow by program. We follow by the Holy Spirit. Come on, amen. Can I do a little bit of teaching? If you, if your pastor, pastor's wife says we need to stop here just a little bit, it may not be on our program, but it's on his program. We need to pray for a missionary. We need to pray for a for a, a, the 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 new building. We need to pray for the music. In fact, here's the unservice. When David began to worship, he sat down just a little bit and he said, "We can't move anymore because I feel the power of God, and I just got to break out in a dance." that's the unservice it may not be on your program but it's on God's program can I hear a good amen woo oh don't patty give God a little bit of love on somebody put up point number two would you let's talk about the purpose of Pentecost I'm doing a little bit of teaching at my age you're just lucky and happy to be anywhere let's talk about the purpose of Pentecost because this gets lost in today's world what's the purpose of pentecost why do you believe in pentecost why do you worship in a pentecostal church why do we talk about pentecostal power let me outline it very simply and very clearly first of all put it up we believe pentecost is about go ahead and put it up evangelism evangelism Please notice with me that when the Holy Spirit came on the 50th day, it came on a feast of tabernacles or a harvest time. The Holy Spirit is not a toy, he is a tool so that the Holy Spirit can flow through you to touch the unsaved. I've been in this a long time. I have seen personally people healed of cancer. I've seen that with my eyes. I've seen people blinded eyes open. I've cast out a number of devils. I have seen the wonderful miracles of God. But let me tell you, the greatest miracle to this day, being saved, being brought up in a Pentecostal church all my life, being saved almost 50 years, the greatest miracle is when the Holy Spirit flows through me and I can tell a prodigal or I can give the witness uh, that Jesus loves you like you are, come on, amen. You know why? The Holy Spirit should not be relegated just to this service. The Holy Spirit is, is ministering here to light your fire so that you can go out and light somebody else's fire out there. Oh, but pastor, Pastor Danner, I can't do that. I hear you, but I can't do it. That's why I put up number two. The Holy Spirit equips believers. Say, oh, but Mother Danner, I can't, I can't. Uh, You know, uh, you listen to Pastor Eric, you can hear missionary, the missionary speak, and and, and they're eloquent, and, and they can form their words, and they can do all this. Ladies and gentlemen, the Holy Spirit is universal. If he can touch them, he can flow through you. Surely he gives, according to Ephesians chapter 4, gifts to the church. But can I tell you, ladies and gentlemen, God wants to flow through you. It's called Holy Ghost boldness. It's called the equipping of the believer. It's called the ability to be the energy to go tell somebody, I may not be everything I want to be, but bless God, I am not what I used to be by the power of the blood of Jesus. Whoa. I'm trying to get my assignment down, but dear Jesus, I, can I shout? Is it all right if I shout in this house? I'm trying to be, you know. Hallelujah. Let's talk about energy or energizing. Let me talk to you about the Holy Spirit. I made a quote of it just a moment ago. The Holy Spirit brooded over the face of the waters and brought order where there was chaos. Let me assure you that everywhere you search in the Bible, you will find the Holy Spirit as the power of God. It's the energy of God. You need energy. You don't just need to take a vitamin. You need to take the Holy Ghost. (laughs) Come on. Now, the older I've got, the more vitamins I take. But let me tell you something. That's good for the body. The Holy Spirit's good for the soul. (laughs) what makes you get up and want to go it's the Holy Ghost what makes you want to be able to tell it's the Holy Ghost what makes you want to flow it's the Holy Ghost uh, what makes you want to go to the house of God it's the Holy Ghost uh, when you feel like you can't put another step in front of the next uh, what helps you to keep on going it's the Holy Ghost in fire that keeps me going can I hear an amen he's not a toy he's a tool to evangelize the lost uh, he is also the ability to equip the believers uh, and to energize the saints, he's energy, dear God. You need, every time I go on a mission trip, these guys have been with me. Oh, see these cats with energy drinks. Yeah, didn't we see it in Nicaragua? And they're young people. I'm thinking, dear God, I've got—I'm twice your age. I don't need no energy drink. I got Holy Ghost. <laughs> In fact, when you get tired, you just need to say, Jesus, I'm tired, and I don't wanna get that energy stuff. I'm on, a, I'm on a, 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 an energy diet, so I'm just gonna take a drink of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Come on, amen. Wouldn't that, wouldn't that light your fire on, at work tomorrow? Everybody going out and taking a smoke break, you say, I gotta go out and take a praise break. Come on, amen. Say, so you got a Pentecostal preacher in the house today, so I'm liable to touch you. Let me tell you something. It's not on just energizing, it's encouraging everyone. The Holy Spirit encourages you. I said the Holy Spirit encourages you. Turn to your neighbor and say, i am not come to discourage you. I've come to encourage you. Give them a high five on the way out. Yeah, high five. Encourage the believers. We got too many gossipers and slanders. God's not in that. Come on, if you don't like what's happening, go find another church. This pastor needs your pew. There's too many gossipers, there's too many slanders in the church universal. God doesn't wanna tell your secrets, so why should you tell anybody else's secrets? Come on, when you get full of the Holy Ghost, it is one language, come on. It's the power of the Holy Ghost and the Holy Ghost isn't going around saying, look what I've heard. The Holy Spirit is saying, look who I know. His name is Jesus Christ. Come on, we ought to come to church every day and hug one another and say, we are brother. We just sisters. Well, you know what I mean, come on. We got a lot of people in church, and actually, your pastor didn't tell you, I pastor two churches. I, I preach at one campus at 8.30, and then go to a little small church that was about to close, and I couldn't let them close on. I'm also a Presbyter. I said, I can't let them close on my dime. So I go over there, we pay their bills, and I preach. And I said, this is not how this is supposed to work. I'm paying you for me to come over to preach. That's not how this is supposed to work. In fact, it still happens. Pastor Eric took up an offering for Pastor Nelson and I'm the one that's preaching. (laughs) Come on. How many know that's not, unless you're family. I'm just an encourager. Come on, turn to your neighbor, I'm an encourager. Here's what I love when a Pentecostal church becomes a Pentecostal church. The young love the old. The old love the young. Come on, the black love the white. I, I love this church because this church is going to look like what heaven's going to look like. Come on, amen. Amen. I, I think heaven is going to look it's going to look like what we used to sing back here in Children's Church. Jesus loves all the little children of the world. I know you don't have any of these in Florida, but I have a couple of prejudiced people in Phoenix City. And uh, I, I, I got your pastor, and, and you don't know uh, the missionaries here yet, but uh, uh, I come from a long light of arguers. When I got saved, I call it Debating. And I I was talking to one individual some time ago, and they said, Pastor, I got problems. I said, all God's children have problems. And uh, they were talking about prejudice. And I said, you know what? It dawned on me the other day in my devotions how blessed that I am that God loved me because I wasn't his color. No, you didn't get that, that you didn't get that. How many has ever been to Israel? There ain't a whole lot of white people over there. I mean, they olive skin. So the next time white people think we're the only depositors of the Holy Ghost, you need to look again. God loves all the children of the world, red and yellow, black and white. We're here to be encouragers in God's sight. I gotta hurry because pretty soon your pastor's gonna be doing this to me. How many know what that means? When they were raised in the church, Sister Danner would do that and I'd say, how many know what that means? And have my church say nothing. <laughs> Let me talk to you, the Holy Spirit always exalts Jesus. Let me say that again. The Holy Spirit, Pentecost, always exalts Jesus. He'll take the Word and show you Jesus. When your pastor preaches, it may be under the unction and he may, be un- he may function with the unction of the Holy Ghost, but it's gonna be about Jesus. Come on, I often hear people say, uh, their home church loves prayer lines, and they always want a prayer line, and I'm glad to pray for people. I'll pray for you. How many need a miracle from God? Raise your hand. You need something yeah, we'll pray in just a few minutes if I ever stop preaching. Yeah, uh, but you know, oftentimes people elevate the Holy Spirit. Ladies and gentlemen, the, the Holy Spirit is b- the blessed third member of the Trinity. There is nothing God did in Old Testament or New Testament. That the Holy Spirit was not an intricate part of. Let me give you, if you want a Facebook, here it is. God planned salvation, the Son purchased salvation, the Holy Spirit presents salvation. How would you hear it if He wasn't presenting it? Ladies and gentlemen, the Holy Spirit, but ladies and gentlemen, can I teach you something? Pentecostalism is not just about speaking in tongues. Come on, Pentecostal's not just falling on the floor or dancing or the way we sing or the way we shout. I love to shout. I love to jump. I love to dance. I love to snot or I love to cry. But ladies and gentlemen, I'm also glad when the Holy Spirit comes into your life, he can help you walk straight. Come on, amen. Let me hurry on. Put up number three, sister, 22 points. There's not... All right, put up number three, would you? Let me tell you what the proof of the Holy Spirit is, the proof of the Pentecost. Let me clarify real quick, I'll put this in overdrive. The Holy Spirit is always uplifting Christ and when the manifestation of the Holy Spirit comes, specifically the gift of the Holy Spirit, specifically the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it always happens in this dimension biblically. Put up the second point. Scripturally, let's look at scripture. There are five specific places in the book of Acts. And please remember, the book of Acts is not to be interpreted the book of the Acts of the Apostles. If it was the Acts of the Apostles when the Apostles died, then all the miracles would die. But if it is classified as the Acts of the Holy Spirit, then the Holy Spirit is just as alive today as it was yesterday. Can I hear an amen? Let me clarify very, very quickly there is at least five recorded places, either where the Holy Spirit is either said to speak in tongues or it's also identified as something took place. I read one of them, Acts chapter two. In Acts chapter eight, there was a revival at Samaria and Peter and John went down and prayed for them for as yet that they hadn't received the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came afterward. Acts chapter nine is when Paul was prayed for. It wasn't there mentioned that the Holy Spirit gave him the gift of the Holy Spirit or speaking in tongues, but later in 1 Corinthians 14, the Bible said that Paul made this declaration, I speak in, in tongues more than ye all. You missed that. Aren't you glad Paul was from the south because he said I speak in tongues more than ye all. Oh, this slow bunch, but I'm gonna keep treading here. Acts chapter 10. Peter was at the house of Cornelius, and while Peter was speaking, he must have went like Brother Danner. He went a little bit too long. The Holy Spirit couldn't wait. While he was preaching, the Holy Spirit came down, and the Bible said they spake in tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And then in Acts chapter 19, five occasions. Now, I'm listing this because the contemporary church says, first of all, Pentecost was just for the acts of the apostles. No, sir. Because in Acts chapter 19 is 30 years after Acts chapter 2. 30 years. Paul was not in the upper room. Paul was a, a, a apostle called out of time. 30 years later, Paul goes to Ephesus, which, by the way, is the first church in Revelation chapter 2 that Jesus speaks of. Was a Pentecostal, tongue-talking church, because Paul prayed for them and they began to speak with tongues. Now, let me identify quickly, because my assignment is Pentecost. There is nothing you do without the help of the Holy Spirit to get to God. The Holy Spirit convicts you of your sin. If you're here today and you're not right with God, you're feeling, wow, man, something's wrong with me. That's the Holy Spirit, that's not my words. That's not your pastor's words. That's not the song leader's words. That's the Holy Spirit pulling it and saying, you need to get right. You're dirty, but God will get you clean. That's the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Then the Bible says, if you'll say yes to him, the Bible says the Holy Spirit will be like a hand that'll dip you into the blood of Christ and you'll become converted. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 says it this way. No man says Jesus is Lord, but by the Holy Spirit of God. And then thirdly, there is a baptism of the Holy Spirit, which is after Calvary that God gives you in one of these five occasions it is the supernatural outpouring put up the second point not only is it a proof in scripture of scripture but it it is supernatural how many know when you walk in the Holy Spirit we ought to not give we ought to not be about the norm we ought to be about the supernatural I said we ought to be about the supernatural come on turn to your neighbor and say you better watch it I feel the supernatural in my life Let me tell you what I'm talking about and put it in a story. One of my favorite authors that I read, if you like Pentecostal authors, go on Amazon and look up the name Howard Carter, great apostle of yesterday. Howard Carter was a part or either documented some of what was called the Welch revival. That was associated basically with uh, Uh, about the time that Pentecost came to Azusa Street and Topeka, Kansas in America at the turn of the last century. The Welch Revival was such a powerful Pentecostal impact in the Welsh nation that it is said and documented that when the church was in session people would come up out of the mines and come up out of the mills uh, and go to the pubs but when the praises of God was singing and the Pentecostal praises was going up it was documented that people in the pub could not get their, their, they couldn't move their elbows, they couldn't bring that drink up because the church was demonstrating the Power of God. I'm here to tell you, you know what'll help a drunkard? It's not scolding him, it's not haggling him, but it's the power of the Holy Ghost uh, that this church can tell him. When you become the salt, you become a witness. Can I hear an amen? Hallelujah. Put up the next point. I'm hurrying. It don't sound like it. I've skipped over five pages. Power of Pentecost is this there's power in this service. Can I hear an amen? The power of Pentecost is dunamis, which simply means dynamite. It's where we get our word dynamite. I like to blow up things, come on, amen. When the church gets dull, I like for the Holy Spirit to come up, blow up dull. Man, if it gets too quiet, I like the dynamite to come. Ladies and gentlemen, if you need more boldness, you need more power, you need more strength, you need more dynamite, it's the Holy Spirit that does that. Can I hear a good amen? The Holy Spirit is the power of God. Let me hurry on. put up the next point. Let's talk about the pattern. I'm I'm hurrying. The pattern of Pentecost is this. It's unifying and it's unending. Pentecost will bring you together. Woo, they were in one mind and in one accord. Yeah. Old with the young, young with the old, married with the single, black with the white, red with the yellow. Come on, generation with generation. The Holy Spirit brings us together as one. Yeah. <laughs> Let me state it this way anybody from the North? Uh, anybody from the Midwest? Anybody from Oklahoma? God help you. Well, let me, I can't go all the way to snow country, but I can go to Oklahoma where we did have snow. My kids were not raised in snow, but once every seven or eight years and a fluke would take place. In Oklahoma, we had snow. How many has watched on a beautiful day when snow starts coming down? It's one of the most beautiful things to see the flakes come down. Raise your hand if I'm telling you the truth. How many know if you go out there and just hold it, it don't, it's not much? But when they all get grouped together, it can stop a whole city. Can I tell you something, ladies and gentlemen? When the Holy Spirit comes into this church, you can stop the city. <laughs> It's not the government I'm talking about. It's what's behind the government. It's it's the decay, it's the stronghold. Uh, it's pulling down strongholds. When the Holy Spirit comes into your life and comes into my life, ladies and gentlemen, we don't major on the minors, uh, we major on the blood. Uh, the Holy Spirit brings us together and the homosexual can find out we're not against them. We're for them, because Jesus loves them. Come on, somebody. When this church gets together, you will make an impact in New Smyrna. God put us together. Somebody say, "Amen." It's all so unending. Quickly, I'm 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 hurrying, ladies and gentlemen. If you'll read the epistles, there is a benediction. When you read the Book of Acts, there is no period. There's a comma because God wants you to pick up the torch and pass it to the next generation. It unifies believers, but ladies and gentlemen, the Holy Spirit is uh, unending. Put up the next point, I'm hurrying. Number six, come on, say Pastor Danner, hurry. I know I love this church, I love this church. Come on, I only preach as long as you eat. Uh, Six. It's purifying effect. I won't spend long here because everybody likes the power, but very few people like the purity. You know, in the old days, there was a pulpit that I could hide in. <laughs> I'm not a clothesline preacher, but I want to stress this. When read the book, when Jesus was getting ready to go away, He was basically in Bethany. We call it the Mount of Olives. He tells his disciples to go to the upper room. How many know I'm telling you the truth? Raise your hand. Go to Jerusalem. That's what he says, okay? Now, the Apostle Paul, who was not there, but the Holy Spirit gives him revelation, says this. He says, uh, 500 people saw Jesus Ascend above the clouds. Now, can I ask you a question? If you saw Jesus in the flesh and then you saw Jesus take it up, I mean, you know, better than Star Trek. Just rut. And then two angels come down and say, this same Jesus that you've seen go away is going to come in like measure. How many have a problem going to church next Sunday? I mean, you know, if I was going through the Red Sea and I saw the water up and I'd go, hey, whale, and I walked on dry, I'd be in church the next week. 500 people saw him at Bethany. 500 people saw him at the Mount of Olives. Can I ask you, how many people were at Pentecost? 120. Can I ask you a question? What ever happened to the three hundred and eighty? Oh, Brother Danner, get us to the prayer line. We want to get soaked. We want to get clothed. We want to get endued. We want to feel goosebumps. Well, the Holy Spirit that not only empowers you, also makes you like Jesus, and he will purify you. He wants to make you look like the Jesus of this book, not the Jesus of your imagination. Can I hear an amen? God, help us. I said, God, help us. At Teen Challenge, we have young ladies that come from the street. Teen University, we have, we have kids that come from the street. I'm glad to tell them, I'm not here to give you religion. I'm here to give you a relationship with Christ. And when you get a relationship, you won't want to dance with the devil anymore. I'm only going to make one statement since I'm the evangelist today and not the pastor. If you have any problems, there he is. Let me say this. I had a man that was not newly saved but loved to drink. And I said, Pardon me, if you get full of the Holy Ghost and get new wine instead of that corrupted stuff, you wouldn't want no Bud Dumber anymore. Come on. It's not Bud Wiser. Bud won't make you wise, Bud makes you dumb. Oh, come on. And I said, You go, you know, you and I are gonna have a meeting. I'm gonna have a prayer meeting on Saturday night. You go have your meeting, and we'll see who's come bleary eyed the next day and who comes clear eyed the next day. Ladies and gentlemen, you can't get drunk to the glory of God. Now, see, you was all about the power a while ago. Uh Oh, come on, church. The same God that'll give you power is the same God that wants to make you look like Jesus. The same God that does not want you to slander a God is the same God that you can cast out devils. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Come on, amen. I knew I felt a bump, but we'll get you in the prayer line in a minute. Number seven, I'm closing. Always like people to close. You say, Pastor Danner, how do I get this? How do I receive it? Put it up always. Put up all. First of all, you gotta accept the word. I said, first of all, you gotta accept the word. I said, first of all, you got to accept the word. If you don't accept the word, you're not going to get much of him. You accept what Jesus said. Please remember when Jesus did his first miracle, what did his mother say? Whatever he says, do. Jesus said, be saved and then tarry in Jerusalem. That's the gift. Put it at number two, I'm making this easy. This is how you start a fire. Believe that the Holy Spirit's for you. That's what your music pastor was saying. I'm taking ownership of this. I have three of the best grandchildren in the world. How many believe your grandchildren are the great? Let me tell you something. If I'd have known how good grandchildren were, I'd have, I'd have just skipped right through the children part. And you said, I'm I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I'm just stressing to this fact. ladies and gentlemen, believe that Jesus and the Holy Spirit is for you. Thirdly, and I'm hurrying, is this, ask. You can't receive anything unless you ask in faith. How many need something from God? Raise your hand. Ask and it shall be done. Fourthly, put this up, be hungry. How many love to go buy groceries? I have found a cure how to spend less. Go after you've already ate. Come on, if you've eaten, you won't go by very much. But boy, you spend 200 bucks, you go to Winn-Dixie or wherever you go, if you're hungry. Come to church hungry for God. I've had enough of the world, can I hear an amen? I've had enough of him. I'm coming hungry. Lastly, put it up. He's a gift, you know. We think we have to give away to this. We have to, we have to act different before we can receive the Holy Spirit. If Jesus is in your heart by the blood of the Lamb, then you are a candidate for more of the Holy Spirit. You say, "Well, how do I, how do I receive this?" Pastor Nelson, will you come up just a second? Here's a twenty-dollar bill. Now, a lot, of, a lot of churches would raffle this. I ain't gonna raffle it. But if I gave him this bill, he cannot go spend it until he does what? Huh? He's gotta take it. You promise to give this back? Amy, would you come? You gonna give this back? She cannot go get a pedicure or a manicure until she does what? You gonna give this back? <laughs> you know what she said Till I get it. <laughs> this is what she has to do. She has to receive the gift. What I want you to see before pastor comes is God's hand is doing this to every one of you. I want that $20 back. When pastor comes, I want you to see there's a hand doing this. He said, I'll give you. Pastor Danner, I'm hurting. The Holy Spirit will give you help. Pastor Danner, I can't witness. The Holy Spirit will give you energy. Pastor Danner, I can't speak in tongues. You can't. He can. It's a gift. And when you get so hungry that you don't want to leave this place until you hear from heaven, it's not about how how loud you shout, how much you cry. It's not how much you snot, no matter how much you jump, no matter how much you slain in the spirit or fall out. It's about hunger. There's a hand reaching further down than you could reach up is our this, Joel's that. God poured out his spirit 2,000 years, 2,000 years ago, and he's pouring out his spirit again. Pastor, can I give the altar call? How many would say Brother Danner? Old Brother Danner, please come and sing something softly. How many would say, I need something from God today? Would you stick your hand up? I need something from God. In fact, can I ask you to do this? Could you that raised your hand just come and stand across the front? You that really are hungry. You that really need a manifestation, a demonstration of the Holy Spirit. Please step out from where you are. And just come and stand across the front. Would you come and stand? Yeah. Come on. Now, not everybody is going to get this. Only those that want it. Come on. Many of you raised your hand. Few of you are coming. 100, come on, 500 heard it. 120 got it. Anybody else? I want more of the Holy Spirit in my life. I need healing in my body. I need salvation for my soul. I need God. Step out from where you are. Come on. I need, come on. They've already come. They've already come. I need God. I need God. Step out from where you are. Step out, sing it. Spirit.
3: Come near, fill in the atmosphere. Atmosphere. In your, your glory. glory. That is what our hearts long for. for. long, long.
1: By your
3: presence. Love.
2: Come on, everybody, stand with me now. Holy, Holy Spirit.
3: You're welcome here. Yeah. Come flood oh, and fill the You there, the
2: there in the altar, lift your hands. Come on. You there in the altar, lift
3: your hands. be
0: We close this out. Every hand raised oh, to heaven right now. Begin to sing this out. Sing with me. Come on, just the voices. Raise your voice in this sanctuary. This is what heaven's going to sound like, church. (laughs) How great. Sing with the angels. How great
3: is our
0: God. Just the voices, one more time. Pastor Andrew, lead this out. Sing this out, church.
3: how
0: great
3: is our God. Sing with me how great is our God.
0: today that the Lord answered some prayers in this house. How many would say, Pastor, I believe that I received my miracle today. I received my healing. I received everything that I've asked God for. There's power in Pentecost, and the proof today was the Holy Spirit descended upon this congregation. I'm going to say, I'm going to leave here different than the way that I walked in today. But I don't want you just to leave here different. I want you to live differently once you leave this place today. Let me tell you, the same old enemy that came against you this past week is going to be the same old enemy that comes against you this week. But you got some power to tell the enemy, get up under my feet. You got the power to tell the enemy, I'm gonna take back what you stole from me. You got the power of the Holy Spirit that's gonna give you some life, some vigor, some energy back in your bones today. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. How me enjoy Throwback Sunday? How many say, you know what? I wanna do this again. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Would you join the hand of a neighbor today? One thing that my father said that was extremely profound, and I love the snowflake analogy. That's new. I ain't heard that one yet. I'm going to have to use that again. Y'all might hear that next week. I'm going to steal it. I'm going to make it sound like it came from me, though. But one thing that he said that was extremely profound is that a unified church can stop a city. You know what he's talking about that right there, church. The governmental power of darkness that's come against New Smyrna Beach in this area. Let me tell you, there's an enemy, and he's real. But I believe that the power of Jesus Christ, I believe that the power of Jesus Christ will open up floodgates from heaven. I believe that open doors this week. I believe in Jesus' name that there's an assignment for every single person in this house and that the favor of the Father is about to find your household. So, Heavenly Father, today, we sign, we seal, and we protect everything that was accomplished in your name. It was not about the name of a man this was not a sermon based off opinions this was a message directed to the body of jesus only found in your word and we stand upon your word today we receive it as foundation of our walk with you and we declare and decree that we will be the word this week that we're not just going to receive something on Sunday, but we're going to live it out all day, every day. So, Heavenly Father, I pray as we leave this house, we leave unified, set on fire with the power that comes from Most High God. And I pray, Lord, this week, help us to share that power with somebody else. Put across our paths people that need to know you put across our paths those that are hurting the wounded the lost lord so that we may be you to them continue lord to bless this house bless first assembly in phoenix city bless paint church in panama city panama bless calvary christian center in ormond beach lord i pray blessings upon pastor jeremy dunn in orlando No matter what church we're from, no matter what the title is, no matter what the sign is out front, we are the universal body of Jesus Christ. So, Father, I pray bless us today. And, Lord, continue to do great things. We love you, Jesus, and we thank you, Lord, today for what you've done. In Jesus' wonderful name we pray. The Bible says this, church, before we say amen, we clap and we dismiss. John chapter 14 says this, that those that pray in the name of Jesus will see even greater things done on this earth than Jesus saw himself. Think about that for just a moment. As we dismiss here, Jesus started his earthly ministry at 30. He was crucified at 33. That was three years. Think about what we can do in the next 30 years. Think about what we can do today for Jesus. Amen. And we just prayed in his name. Do great things in his name, for his name, and by his name. Hallelujah. Before you hug, and dis- uh, before you hug high five, and uh, all that good stuff, would you just uh, give it up for my father one more time? That was an excellent sermon. We love you. Hug somebody, give them a high five, tell them that I love you, and I'll see you next week. Get ready, church. The best is yet to come. God bless you. We love you. You are dismissed.